As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Week 3 of Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC Football Podcast. We are, uh, Andy, did you get any whiplash from, uh, from, from week two in the SEC? Uh, some, some things tough, tough to really uh, get a feel for, for what these guys are doing. Well, that's what's going to happen, David, when you've got 10 conference-only games. There is going to be an emotional roller coaster that you go on. So one week you are riding high, you are taking your pirate ship into Baton Rouge and <laughs> plundering the booty, not any of the booties that played at LSU, but plundering. And then the next week you're home losing to Arkansas. You're, you're getting clowned by Arkansas's official Twitter account too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause Arkansas, Barry Odom, their defensive coordinator clearly watched a few apple cups and just did what Washington did. But Blaney tried to be smarter than everybody else and blitzed a bunch, and they lost. So I think if you're Mike Leach, you're looking at that going, okay, well, I guess everybody's going to do that from now on because (laughs) everybody else has better players than Arkansas. So they're going to keep doing the same thing Arkansas did. Yeah, I think that's right. We will get into a little more of the the pirate ship uh, running aground later. Well, this is week three of the show. It is Monday. So, of course, that means I am here with Andy Staples, the Athletics National Writer. Uh, appreciate everybody for subscribing. Keep it coming. Tell a friend. Uh, leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. It helps get the word out. Uh, we've got another full week of content coming uh, on the Athletics site, on Football and Grits. I will be here, of course, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Aaron Suttles, our Alabama writer, will be here on Tuesday. Uh, we got a lot coming. So, again, you can subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com backslash grits. You can read Andy's work, my work, all of our team, uh, and you can listen to the show uh, commercial-free. Uh, so, Andy, we got to hand out some awards. we got to start here. Who are you going to hand your, your, your best team performance? Which team impressed you the most in Week 2? Well, my best team was easily the Georgia Bulldogs, as Larry Munson would say. They hunkered down, you hairy dogs. And the the thing I was most worried about after watching them play Arkansas in week one was even when DeJuan Mathis was in and, and the offense wasn't working, they couldn't just hand the ball off and dominate. 
Well, that was not a problem on Saturday against Auburn, which is obviously a much more talented defense. They were just mauling Auburn at the line of scrimmage. And look, the offense looked much better with Stetson Bennett starting, but I don't even know that the passing game needed to be there. The running game was just crushing Auburn. But I will say Stetson Bennett certainly appears to be the guy. And read our Seth Emerson, read our Seth Emerson story about Stetson Bennett, about basically they were trying to not give this guy a chance, and he just kept kept coming. And now he is their starting quarterback, and I wouldn't be shocked, David, if he's their starting quarterback for, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I'm a little more skeptical than you. We'll see. I think the thing working in his favor is he's got so much around him that it's going to be hard for him to have a true clunker. And there's nobody else. You know, Dewan Math has got his shot and, and really struggled. You know, JT Daniels. We'll see. Uh, I think if anybody Justin gets a Fields shot is him, not coming back. He he beat him yeah. out, but he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. My best team performance, Andy. You may have alluded to it in our open. 20-game losers, no more. Uh, you're welcome to call the Hogs if you'd like. Uh, Arkansas zoned up. Bumper pool, 20 tackles. A fitting number to snap a 20-game losing streak in the SEC. They did what LSU was unwilling to do. Laid back, played some zone, said, Hey, KJ Costello, you can't run mesh 500 times and succeed. <laughs> if you're going to, we're going to just sit back and wait for you to make a mistake, knock the ball out, uh, have a couple drops. And that's what happened in Arkansas. Again, props to Barry Odom. Props to Sam Pittman. I think people were talking about Arkansas as like the next sort of Rutgers, Kansas situation. They hire Sam Pittman, who was not on anybody's list. He shows up, and let me tell you, through two weeks, it's hard to be more proud of where you are than where Arkansas is right now. I mean, well, best case scenario. Half of coaching is that Jedi mind trick of making people believe they're better than they are. And that's what Arkansas has done. Or maybe they've made them believe they are as good as they should be. Maybe it was Chad Morris couldn't get them to their potential. I don't know. It was a bad, it was a bad Saturday for Chad Morris all around. Because <laughs> yeah, no kidding. His, his Auburn offense didn't do so well. But Sam Pittman has done a really good job. And if you go back now, interestingly – after watching Mississippi State and Arkansas, if you rethink Georgia and Arkansas, you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe Arkansas might just be tough this year. Maybe that's their thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Sam Pittman knowing Georgia probably had a lot to do with that too. But you do have to appreciate the job he's done on their mentality because remember the last Arkansas team to win an SEC game was coached by Brett Bielema. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think you, you you know you hit on it the, the toughness aspect of it. I mean, people just expected them to lay over, uh, and 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 I mean, I think Arkansas looks like a team that, that you know is going to get a win. I mean, certainly when you look at uh, you know Vanderbilt, they look better than Vanderbilt. They just beat Mississippi State. You know, you look around. If you're Arkansas, you got to feel uh, you know better than you did a month ago. I suppose. On the flip side of this, Andy. Who's your worst team performance? Well, I think it's Mississippi State because you should be able to win that game still. You you needed to make one play in the entire second half, and you just couldn't do it. So I, I realized that everybody was excited about the way they beat LSU, but you have to be able to perform week after week after week. I, I'm not trying to sound like you know somebody who works for the conference, but especially when there are no non-conference games, you have to be up every week or somebody can beat you. And if Arkansas can beat you, that means pretty much everybody else can beat you too. So now you have to understand, 
you're good enough to beat LSU, you can be bad enough to lose to Arkansas. So this is the kind of preparation you got to put in. And that's probably the defense you're going to see. That, that's probably, if you're KJ Costello, get used to that. You're going to see that. Now, here's the thing. KJ Costello is a smart guy. The, the staff, Mike Leach and his, his staff have won a lot of games. They're going to get stuff figured out too. So somebody else is going to try that defense and it's not going to work. And then we do this all over again. We dance this dance again. But that's the part that makes this fun. But I think if you're Mississippi State, now you know you can't just roll your helmets on the field and win any game. It's just not going to work like that. Mm-hmm. The full Mike Leach experience in two weeks. Listen, everybody always asks, you know, why hasn't this guy gotten a major conference job? Why hasn't this guy got a big-time job? There's a lot of reasons. He's a lot of fun, but there, you know, I think I said, you know, when Tennessee was talking about getting Mike Leach, Mike Leach we mentioned this, I think, a week ago. I think they would have gone 8-4 and four every year, would have had a lot of fun, and then it would have been a really fun three or four years of Tennessee football before people got sick of it. And uh, I think he thrives in these roles where he's at a place that, that struggles to, to um, you know, be in a bowl every year. And if he can get them there, like he did at Texas Tech, like he did at, um, at, uh, at Washington State. I mean, I think Texas Tech, they're still trying to have a better season than he had in his last year that got him fired, if I'm not mistaken, right? They went 9-4 and four yeah. that year. Well, think about it. They had the coach of the Arizona Cardinals and the greatest living quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And couldn't have seasons like they had with Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. So props to, uh, you know, that situation. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, my worst team performance, looking to the West, the $75 million man. They didn't pay him to lose by four touchdowns to Alabama. That's not why you're getting $70 million, $75 million guaranteed. And that is, you know, there's not a good reason for it. There's not a good reason for it. And, and you know, Alabama's Alabama. They're going to do that to a lot of teams. But again, Texas A&M has a ridiculously talented roster. They have guys. I know there's opt-outs. There's all these things. But they've recruited really, really well. They have a team that should be more competitive. That was not a competitive game. That no. was not. Their their touchdowns were a little bit fluky in general. They had the weird, like, out-of-bounds play where he kind of kept running. And they had a pick six. Like, these... These were not necessarily like, hey, we're going down the field and scoring, and then they just get their doors blown off. I mean... Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You got to, I mean, it's just as simple as you got to be competitive. And they just weren't. And I I don't have a great reason for that. You got to be almost perfect to beat Alabama. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, they don't let you make mistakes. It's sort of like when you, when you watch Ohio State Michigan games, you know, Michigan has to be perfect if they want to beat Ohio State. Ohio State does not have to be perfect to beat Michigan. Same thing for Alabama. Alabama doesn't have to be absolutely perfect to beat all these teams. But for the most part, except for maybe Georgia, nobody else has the talent to have an imperfect game and beat Alabama. So if you're A&M, you just you, you have to be better than this. And I, I don't there, there's not really a way to say it. There's not a nice way to say it because you've recruited pretty well. But you have to be better. You have to play better than what you are to beat Alabama. And 
that hasn't happened since Johnny Football and Company went into Tuscaloosa in 2012. And I think that was more a case of you know that team was hitting its high point. That was a, a really good defense that happened to be opposite an offense that nobody had seen the likes of before. And then Alabama was coming off a really tough game against LSU the week before. That's the only time it's happened. They've not really been close. The, the, there was a one close game. It was Mons. Was it Mons sophomore year or his freshman year in yeah. College Station? That was so it was his freshman year, and and he played pretty well. But it still wasn't that close. So they've got to, they've just got to be better. And you know Alabama's going to continuously run all these people at you. It, it, you notice the names keep changing in Alabama, and the results don't. You know mm-hmm. Mac Jones put up two alike numbers. 20 of 27, 435 yards, four TDs, one pick. So mm-hmm. anybody who thought, oh, two is gone, their offense is going to stink. No, no. They have everything you need. And that's the problem. I mean, I'm not sure yet that, that A&M, that the coaching staff, all that, that they understand what it takes. I know LSU does because they had to overcome them and beat them. Now, it took having maybe the best team in the history of college football to do it. I think Georgia understands. Georgia hasn't beaten them yet, but they've come awfully close a couple times. Yeah. And if you saw Georgia play last night, that is a team that could be competitive against Alabama. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's the thing. You've just got to gotta understand. Because we had two, two matchups where you had two teams that crossed the, the blue chip ratio threshold. Our friend Bud Elliott from 24-7. Yes. Has, it's called the blue chip ratio, and it's basically, do you have, what is it, more than 60%? More four and five stars than three four and five stars, stars on, your, that's right. on your roster. So more than 50% four and five star recruits. And you had that in Alabama A&M, you had that in Georgia Auburn, and two of those teams just got smoked. So the other two, yes, they recruit better, but they were also better prepared. They're just mm-hmm. always, almost always better prepared. Now, the one team we don't have on here, Auburn. My case for this, and, and we'll see if you disagree, I think that game told us a lot more about Georgia than it did Auburn. I think you're right. I, I don't think Auburn's bad. I think No, Georgia's I think Auburn's going to really be fine. I just think Georgia, that defense did the boa constrictor thing, and man, I just, you know, I, I crunched the numbers last night. The last 22 drives that Georgia's defense has faced, they've given up nine points. And they've scored nine points. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because if, if you go back to the end of last year, you appreciate that LSU offense even more because it had its way with that Georgia defense. Yep. Has anybody else? No. No mm. one in the, since the beginning of the 2019 season other than LSU has been able to do that to Georgia's defense. And that's, that's the part I find really interesting. they got to play Tennessee this week. I mean, Nothing is easy for Georgia right now because they they get Tennessee this week, then they go to Alabama, then they go to Kentucky, and they get a week off and they got to play Florida. So the next month for Georgia is going to be a grind. But if they can get through it, I mean, even they only probably if they can get through it losing just one, and as long as that one's not Florida, they're probably a national title contender. Yeah, I think so. Well, you alluded to him as well, but best individual performance for me, Mac Jones, 16.2 yards per attempt. That's hard to do against anyone, much less a top 15 team. I mean, that's uh, 
listen, I, I've been a little bit question questioning Mac uh, at points this season. I, I'm not, you know, all in on him, but certainly he can make enough plays to, to win big for, for Alabama. You're a little higher on him, but man, 16.2 yards an attempt, that is wild. I believe I told you last week here that Mac Jones has <laughs> quite a bit of swag, and that has continued. I mean, this is a guy who, when he was the scout team quarterback, would trash talk Nick Saban. Like, this is not a guy who's going to wilt in this situation. He's been waiting for this thing. And, and you think about it, the mentality of the person who goes, oh, I'm signing in the same class as Tua Tungavailoa. Seems perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I'll like, beat him out. <laughs> he didn't go, oh, that guy's signing too. Never mind, I'm out. I'm going somewhere else. He said, no, yeah. okay, bring it on. That sounds good. Uh, who's your best individual performance of the weekend, Denny? My, mine was also Mac Jones because he was just – I he was fantastic. One one pick is about the only complaint you can have, but mm-hmm. he was very efficient. And look, I mean, he's got so many weapons to work with, and it, it, the pockets were were very very clean. But the the guy is replacing Tua without missing a beat, and I never would have thought that was going to happen because Tua changed the way Alabama played offensive football, and. Now it looks like they've just sort of this is what the standard's going to be. Alabama's a team that can can throw for 400 yards a game on you, and like even at the height of the Saban era, you would have gone no that Alabama no they won't do that. But that is what they are now, and mm-hmm. you know it, it they they've got a good defense, but it's not a defense that's going to just completely destroy you like 2011 and 2012. They're capable of winning games multiple ways, and they're certainly capable of winning shootouts. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's only one candidate for the best game, but Andy, do we want to pour one out for Kentucky oh. losing the best game of the weekend, a winnable game on a College missed extra kickers, point man. with with 83 points on the board? It's the 84th one that matters, and uh, they can't get it through the uprights. Yeah, it's it was not not a great situation for the Wildcats. I mean, they ran for 408 yards and six mm. touchdowns and lost the game. That's, that now, is, that's hard. That's harder to do than average 16.2 yards of pass attempts. Yes. I mean, it, it's an, it's incredible. Uh, Ole Miss throws for 320 and four TDs. I, I think this Ole Miss offense is going to be good. I think it's going to give lots of teams trouble. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see it against Alabama's defense. I'm not particularly worried about Alabama in that game. I think even if Ole Miss scores a few, it, that game could be 65 to 30. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just one of those that Ole Miss's defense is not quite there yet, but their offense is is there. And Lane Kiffin's done a really good job. You know, it's interesting because I think on the outside, a lot of people thought John Rice Plumley was going to be the guy through the offseason. But if you look at Kiffin's offenses, if you look at the offenses that that his offense coordinator, Jeff Lebby, has run, the they're not usually run first. They usually want a guy who can catch it and throw it. And that's what Matt Corral is. He's he's gonna he's gonna catch that snap, get it out on time, and he doesn't mind trying to fit it in there when when it might be a tight window. So I think they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Kentucky's better than we've seen. You know, they lost to Auburn. They lose this game. They're going to beat somebody down the road that they, yeah. they probably shouldn't. But they they have to be better in the secondary. They cannot let themselves get torched like this because they're actually pretty good against the run. And 
offensively, they can control the ball on the ground against most teams. I don't think they could probably do that against against Georgia. Uh, they may they may struggle against Tennessee, but for the most part, they can run the ball on people. So I I don't think it's all over for Kentucky. Just you know, everything gets magnified when you only have ten games. Yeah, the lane train right now, all gas, no brakes, quite literally. So uh, we'll see. Well, uh, we wanted to talk about, we mentioned at the top, the, the two Jekyll and Hyde teams. Mississippi State, sort of, uh, we kind of explained what happened there. D- what do you make now of Georgia's opener? Do you, do you, are you willing to shrug that off and say, ah, maybe they started the wrong quarterback, something That's... was off, maybe Pittman knew what was going on? What do you make of the Georgia opener now? Well, I'm certainly saying they started the wrong quarterback. I, I think the, the three... The three halves you've seen with Stetson Bennett versus the one half you saw with DeJuan Mathis are very, very different. Mm-hmm. And they look comfortable and confident when Stetson Bennett's in the game. And that's just – they didn't look like that at all in the first half against Arkansas. And the thing is, you know, maybe it's different against Alabama's defense, but I don't know. I mean, the way that, that, the way that offensive line played yesterday against a really athletic Auburn front seven – it's not like Alabama's defense is that much more athletic than Auburn's. It's it, they're probably better, and they're maybe mm-hmm. be, a little bit better designed to deal with Georgia. But I just I don't know. I I think Georgia can handle anybody they're going to play. The question is, what happens when somebody score starts scoring on Georgia? What happens when there's pressure on Georgia to score? And I, I think you saw that in the first half of the Arkansas game, but. I think there will be games like that. I think Florida could be like that. Florida could, Florida's going to rope some teams into some shootouts this year because Florida's defense is not quite what it was last year, and Florida's offense is considerably better than what it was last year. So uh, they're going to score points and give up points, and Georgia is designed to, like you said, boa constrictor you. The question is, can they handle a shootout? We know Alabama can handle a shootout. So Georgia's got to figure out, can we win games – multiple ways because if they can then they can beat anybody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well that'll do it for this week's show thank you guys for tuning in to the monday edition of football and grits as always i'm your host david Ubbin. andy staples joins me andy one parting shot do you see any upsets on saturday looking ahead they're going to be upsets. I just don't know where. I, like That team you cover going to Georgia. Tennessee looked good against Missouri. They looked really good. It's possible. Here, here's another one. This is, this is one because I, I don't like road favorites, especially when one team is backed against the wall. Could A&M beat Florida? I have a lot more questions about A&M than I do about Florida. That's a meltdown. A&M is going to show us something. That is a meltdown. Think about what the atmosphere within the A&M fan base is going to be like if Florida goes in there and blows them out. Mm-hmm. They're going to turn on Jimbo if that happens. Yeah. So they better, they better keep that game close. I'm with give, you. Give themselves a chance to win. Because if, if Florida goes in there and just torches them, which they are certainly capable they of. They can do. They, A&M was not getting stopped. And, and Alabama in the second half you know, was slowing down a yeah, little and, bit. And that Kyle was... Pitts is, is just as tough to cover as some of those dudes from Alabama, just in a different way. So... I don't know. I mean, that's the one where if A&M can't pull the upset and Florida goes in there and rolls, it's not – I don't – our friends at Tech Sags, I don't know if I want to read their message for the next day. <laughs> 
Well, I'll read it. It'll be uh, it'll be entertaining, but it's going to be ugly. I think uh, you know that'll be that'll that'll be uh, an interesting Saturday. We should have given more love to to uh, to Kyle Pitts this week. We were talking about calling this episode "Football and Pitts," and then the night session went a little bit crazy, uh, and there was a I, lot I just, more. I but wanna, he had a fantastic day. I want a supercut of Cartman on South Park saying "Kyle." For Kyle Trask to call it, just cow, 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 Because that's what watching a Florida game feels like. Because it is just Kyle to Kyle over and over again. Although, I will say, they unlocked Kadarius Toney once against South Carolina. That's going to That touchdown was too. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll officially do it for this week's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, subscribe to The Athletic. You can listen to us ad-free in the app. Or you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, listen to us on every single day. I am on, uh, or every weekday, I should say. I'm on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And then tomorrow, you'll be able to hear Aaron Suttles, our Alabama beat writer who knows what Mac Jones has to offer. I'm sure he will come up on this week's show. Andy, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again. Thank you.